Yeah, well, uh, some of you have asked about Ignite Wilmington, and uh, it actually begins tonight at 7 p.m. at Legion Stadium. There will be a large tent set up. Uh, it is a function of the body of Christ around Wilmington. You are personally and cordially invited to participate. There will be 24 hours a day uh, for 10 days, opportunities, as you heard, to worship and to pray and to minister and to love and to simply be the body of Christ uh, in this um, area. My friend Michael Thornton uh, is the one to whom the Lord has spoken. And uh, the Lord basically said, if you gather the fathers of the city, I'm going to show up and do something extraordinary. So uh, let's pray for just a moment. Father, thank you for giving us an opportunity to gather here in this place. And as Ignite Wilmington uh, begins in its, well, its formal stage uh, this evening at 7 p.m. at Legion Stadium, God, I pray that uh, as many have been praying and expecting you to do great things in our midst, Lord, thank you that in fact you are. Lord, thank you that when we have Jesus, we have his love. Thank you that when we have uh, Jesus, we need not be led by fear. Lord, thank you that when we have you, we have everything that we need for this life. And so, God, today, by your Spirit, would you open our hearts, would you enable us to uh, grasp afresh the, uh, the reality and the intensity of your word and Lord, grace us so that we might be able to make personal application uh, to our hearts by means of your word through your spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, welcome, and I'm glad that you're here uh, today. And if you were here last week, I shared a bit about serving uh, in the body of Christ. And we've been spending some time uh, talking about our life together. I mean, we sit in rows and look at the back of each other's head. Now, and that, you know, there has to be organization, obviously, but there's more to the body of Christ than most of us experience on a given Sunday morning. We know that, but we want to begin to look today, um, actually, uh, well, at the gifts that the Spirit of God gives to us. But I want to begin by actually looking at the greatest gift that was ever given, and of course that's Jesus. But I'm referencing uh, in John chapter 14, um, Christianity is actually more than an institutional expression. Uh, Christianity is more than a religious philosophy. Christianity at its core is about relationship uh, that we actually have. And, and at the core of what it means to be Christian, it means to be a people who understand something about the supernatural. Now that seems kind of, ooh, supernatural. That means there's more than the natural, what we can see with our eyes and hear with our ears and, and touch with our our hands, there's more to our Christian life than that, and it is supernatural at its core. And uh, to be a functioning member of the body of Christ, we have to have a basic understanding um, about our spiritual gifts and how they're to function within 
this organism that we call the body of Christ. But I want to begin uh, by having you turn, uh, if you've not already done that, to John chapter 14. It's not the major text we'll look at, but I want to begin at verse 15, 16 and 17, where Jesus said, you know, I was t- my heart began to just be touched when Naomi was sharing about Ben walking around singing, I'm, I'm, his, I'm his child. And, and would that... And what she was praying is that each one of us would be gripped by that reality that we are his child, that we are his son, that we are his daughter, that regardless of your fallops, regardless of, of your natural ways of thinking or feeling, that you would know something by revelation about who you are. Well, Jesus spoke about that in John 14, beginning at verse 15, and he said this, Uh, If you love me, keep my commandments, um, and I will pray, that means to ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may um, abide with you forever. Now he's saying, uh, that is, verse 17, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you. The one speaking to them at that point was the one dwelling with them and speaking to them. Uh, But he says, but uh, he will be in you. Uh, He dwells with you, but will be in you. Um, I uh, will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So in order to understand anything about the giftings, if you will, of the Spirit that he gives to us, It's imperative that we understand something about He who is the greatest gift of all. He is the Holy Spirit, another helper. Jesus helped His disciples. They walked with Him. They walked in, as the the rabbi said, in the dust of the the rabbi. They followed this Jesus for uh, a number of years, and He was, for sure, a source of their comfort. Uh, He met many of their needs. But Jesus was saying to them that the time is coming when um, you know something about him, but another is going to come, and he's going to dwell not just with you as I've dwelt with you, but he's going to live in you. That's what Ben was singing about. You know, I'm a child. that, That this God who made the universe has actually made it possible for us to have relationship with him because of what he did for us through the person of Jesus. He died for our sin. He died in our place. And not only did he die and was buried, but he was raised from the dead, ascended back to the Father. And from that place, the Spirit of God is poured out, was poured out, was given. And there is absolutely no excuse for any of us to not live in the fullness of God because the fullness of God has come to live in us if we would ask Him to do so. Therefore, if you're here this morning and have never, and if you're just not sure, you know, this Holy Spirit stuff, I don't know. He is the one who wants to come and live His life in us. He is the Spirit of Jesus, to be sure. But he functions and wants to live his life in us in such a way that he will be with you whatever waters you walk through, whatever difficulties you find. He's the one who is living in us, and it is the Holy Spirit himself 
who is the absolute greatest gift that any of us could ever talk about? Have you received the fullness of Him into your life? That's a rhetorical question. If you go, well, I'm not sure, the answer to that is simply at some point in the quietness of your own heart, open your heart and say, God, I want all of you that you have for me. I invite you to come in and live your life fully in me and begin a process of transforming my life into, you, into what you want it to be. Now, uh, having then said that, that Jesus is the greatest gift, the best gift, he, there is no greater gift than Jesus himself living in your life because he takes us from being orphans and outcasts and makes us children. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He, God, would say to every one of us, you are my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. That's what Ben was singing. Well, take your Bible now and turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. I want to read, uh, having said that the Spirit of God is the greatest gift that we could ever have, when He comes and lives His life in us, along with Him comes the giftings that come by virtue of His life, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, so let me begin reading at verse, I'll begin reading at verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it says this. Uh, now, Paul says there are diversities of gifts. Now, that's a little word, charisma, charismata. The, the, there are diversities, different kinds of gifts that he, the greatest gift, brings. Uh, verse 5, there are differences of ministries but the same Lord. That word ministries is what I was sharing last week, service. And everyone who receives him the greatest gift uh, has a calling upon their life to serve in many different ways. Because as we have received freely, we are to give to other people freely. How are you doing in serving? That's a rhetorical question as well. And as we read on, not only are there differences of ministries, uh, and that is service, but verse 6 says there are diversities of activities or energy. We're all energized differently, though it's the same God who works that in us. But the manifestations of the Spirit are given to each one uh, for the profit of everybody. The manifestations of the Spirit it says, are given to each one. Does that exclude any one of us? You see, when we receive Jesus, when the Spirit of God, the greatest gift of all, lives within us, He then begins to manifest through us the ways to bless His people and those that you run into as you live your life uh, in this realm. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Can you say each one? Each one. That was poor. Let's try again. Each one. See, that's you. That's me. They're not given based upon merit. They're grace gifts. Charis, Mata. The grace of God is what brings those to us by virtue of Him, the gift living in us. The manifestations of the Spirit are given to each one for the profit of all of us. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another, the word of knowledge 
through the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit to another the workings of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues and to another the interpretations of tongues. But one and the same Spirit is the one who is working all of these things in us, distributing to each one individually as he chooses. Now, if you've never thought very much about, or if there is some confusion about what gifts, the greatest gift and giver of life has brought into your life, this is a challenge for you to begin to ask him. You see, sometimes we have not because we don't ask. You have not because you ask not, James says. So if there is a level of, you know, I don't know what my spiritual gift or my spiritual gifts are, ask him. And he's the one then who will communicate uh, to you. Now, these gifts, having just read that list, there are nine uh, gifts of the Spirit listed here under manifestations. And these gifts are the supernatural workings of the supernatural God who now takes up residence and is living in our lives. And when he lives in our lives, he does certain things. But be, it, be aware that spiritual gifts um, are not related to your unique talents nor the education that you have or don't have or your own special ability. Some of you like... Uh, working on cars and others like you know doing something else. It, it's not related to our natural talents or abilities or schooling or training. These are spiritual gifts who come by virtue of the Spirit living His life in us. And you don't have to be trained in order to release those uh, those gifts of the Spirit. You simply have to recognize that He wants to flow through you, which sort of means we get out of the way and let Him then do as he wants to through us. But as we read these, these, this list of nine gifts, they sort of very easily are categorized in three categories. And uh, a lot of people have categorized the gifts differently. Um, one of the categories is revelation gifts. And under revelatory gifts or revelation gifts would be uh, the word of wisdom, and the word of knowledge and discernings of spirits. In other words, these three unique gifts of the Spirit that are given by the Spirit living in us are manifested uh, sometimes in us and through us to bless other people with, with uh, knowledge, perhaps, that they've never had or wisdom that they desperately need or discernment about circumstances and what's happening behind the scenes. These revelation gifts are, are revelatory. And, and I guess one of the ways in which I sort of, we could see an example of this would be, do you remember when Peter was with the other disciples and Jesus, of course, and I think it was Matthew chapter 16, uh, Jesus came to them and, and then spoke directly to Peter and he said, who do men say that I am? in a place called Caesarea Philippi, up in the northern part of Israel. Who do, men, who do people say I am? And the disciples, you know, they all chimed in. Some say this, some say that. Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say this. And Jesus said to Peter, who do you say that I am? 
Well, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Except for me. I don't think it is. I left mine in, I've left mine in the car. Who do men say that I am? Some say you're this, some say you're that, but who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what, what Jesus then said to Peter is, Peter, flesh and blood hasn't given you that information. In other words, it was a revelatory gift given to Peter by which he would understand information that didn't come from his own flesh and blood. Flesh and blood didn't produce this in you. But that came from the revelation of my Father who is in heaven. I think that is an example of one of the revelatory gifts of the Spirit, probably knowledge uh, and wisdom. Revelation then uh, is, it comes because we could not receive that information of our own. You know, there were lots of people that said Jesus was a good man. He was a great teacher. Well, he must have been one of the prophets. Nicodemus was one of those guys. Jesus said, Nicodemus, you need to be born again to even see the kingdom of God or to enter into it. The revelation gifts of the Spirit bring to us and then often through us to other people information and revelation that they couldn't get in any other way. We need to be careful how we use it. We need to be very discerning about what is God and what is simply us. The second category of gift, the first one being just revelation, gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. The second category, what one author, has, Derek Prince, in fact, calls it uh, the power gifts. And under power gifts, he would include faith, gifts of healings, and workings of miracles. The power gifts. Now, why power gifts? If revelation gifts are to bring you information... Uh, and wisdom about situations or circumstances or other people, and then to share it perhaps to be a blessing to them. Um, why power gifts? Well, power gifts are, well, to put it bluntly, just it's how we get things done. Uh, meaning, faith, um, healings, working of miracles, these are gifts that God gives in order to accomplish the supernatural working of His Spirit in the lives of His people. For there are people who, who need uh, faith, and for those who operate in faith, they're incredibly encouraging if they would release that and speak that in faith to those who are around them. And the same with healing and the working of miracles. The third category is vocal gifts. So we had revelation gifts, uh, which were word of wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirits, power gifts, faith, healing and working of miracles and then the third category is vocal gifts different kinds of tongues vocal it's required for a person to enter into that uh, the releasing of that gift by means of their mouth last week i believe we had a a uh, a person that spoke a message in a tongue uh, it was a it was a a tongue that was given for the purpose of the body, and under those circumstances it is required that that tongue be interpreted. And there were two people that interpreted it. And it seemed like, yes, an encouraging word that God gave to our body. So under vocal gifts then, there are different kinds of tongues, interpretation, and then prophecy. Now at the Ignite coming up this Wednesday night, um, Bob Hazlett will be there, and some of you remember Bob. He he walks in this anointing um, of a 
He carries a prophetic mantle, and he speaks. He was here about a year ago. Maybe some of you remember that. He'll be at Ignite Wednesday night and Thursday night at 7 uh, p.m. if you want to see that gift in operation. And those that think they may have that gift, it is your responsibility to, to encourage yourself to hang with those people that have those gifts to watch it, to learn from them, and to begin to activate those in your, your own life. So three categories of gifts, three gifts under each of those categories, revelation, power, and vocal gifts. But they're, when you look at the scriptures, these manifestations, they're given for the common good. They're never given just for yourself. And recognize that these gifts are actually given to a person. So it would be appropriate to say at some juncture, I believe that I have the gift of, and you fill in the blank, because it's been my experience that God uses me often in the ministry of that specific gift or a number of gifts that he has given uh, to us. Uh, but there are other types of gifts, and I'm going to contrast the manifestation gifts to the ministry gifts that are found over in Ephesians uh, chapter 4. If you would turn there uh, real quickly, let me just talk about ministry gifts and how they differ from the gifts of the Spirit, the nine that we just read about, word of wisdom, knowledge, faith, prophecy, healing, etc. In, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says this, And he, Jesus himself, gave some to be. Now notice the, the verb selection there. He gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers in order for or to equip the saints for their work of ministry, for the building up or the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, ministry gifts then uh, could be uh, seen as uh, apostle, literally what we've just read here, um, a prophet, evangelist, pastor or teacher now the difference between ministry gifts and these nine gifts that we just read about in first corinthians 12 is that the gifts of the spirit are given to everybody everybody gets one everybody gets at least one everybody has one or more and the purpose of you receiving that gift by virtue of the big gift jesus living in you by the spirit is so that you can build up and edify other people through that gift the difference between 1 Corinthians 12, gifts of the Spirit, and ministry gifts in Ephesians 4 is that these gifts are, are not given to people for others. These are people that are given for the purpose of others. Let me clarify that just a little bit. There are uh, ministry gifts and supernatural gifts are distinguished from each other in at least three ways. Ministry gifts... Uh, is that the person is a gift. Wow. The person is a gift. Um, uh, Paul, for example, was a gift himself to the Gentiles. And because he was the gift, see, it's different than having a gift, receiving a gift, and using that gift for other people. It's the recognition some people are called to be a gift themselves. Now, that might seem sort of egotistical, but what it secondly means, not only is a person the gift, but therefore their total life work of that individual uh, is the ministry gift to the body. Which is to say, 
if in 1 Corinthians 12 we all get gifts regardless of how mature we are or immature we are, a person can minister out of their gifting, 1 Corinthians 12, and their character still be, well, kind of immature. You ever seen that? Hello? Are you there? Have you seen people who have ministered gifts, but you know their life just isn't, isn't yet mature? Of course we have. And, so, and we look at that sort of askance, but the fact of the matter is a person who ministers out of their gifting does not necessarily require that they be mature. Another way to say it is if you're ministering out of your giftings of the Spirit, um, that doesn't make you mature. There was a donkey back in the Old Testament, and the prophet's name was Balaam. And Balaam wouldn't speak what God gave to him. And therefore, God gave a gift of speaking to a donkey. That's encouraging to me. I don't know if it's encouraging to you or not. But see, I don't have to be as mature as I'm ever going to be in order to release a gift and utilize a gift to encourage other people. Isn't that good news? Now, it doesn't give you license not to grow and not to change. Uh, but here, the ministry gift is actually the total life of the individual who is a gift. So Paul, it is incumbent on someone who walks in the ministry, or if you will, the office of an apostle or a prophet or uh, um, an evangelist or a pastor or teacher, that you will grow. And it's humbling to grow up in front of people. I know that one. But see, your character is part of who you are and it's not a gift in you that's now being released to others, but you are that gift and therefore you have to be uh, uh, responsible with your life, your attitudes. And when you sin, guess what? You do it publicly most of the time and you get exposed publicly and you deal with it publicly. Paul, I think that's why he said, I'm the least of those. I persecuted the church. I gave myself to, to, to agreeing with murder before my conversion. But then he recognized that God had called him and gifted him and his life was now to be poured out as an offering, as a gift. His life was the gift. Some of you may have that gift working in you today. Uh, that ministry gift, the total life work of the individual. And thirdly, ministry gifts are connected to the character of the individual. I've already covered that. The person is the gift, their total life work is the gift, and your character is part of the gift. The differences between ministry gifts of the Spirit, Ephesians 4, and supernatural manifestations of the Spirit in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. So... In Ephesians 4, he himself, uh, he said, he himself, Jesus, gave some to be prophets. He gave some to be prophets. They carry this prophetic uh, anointing on their life and everywhere they go, that's who they are. That's why prophetic people sometimes go into restaurants and they, they can't help themselves. You know, before long they're talking to the waitress or the waiter. You know, and they're telling them certain things about their lives and they're praying for them, they're encouraging them. It's not just a, a prophetic gifting that's, that's arcing b between the person and the need. It's who they are is being uh, demonstrated there. 
1 Corinthians 14.31, for example, says, for you can all prophesy one by one. That means that's the gifting of the spirit of prophecy, and everybody can do that. And everybody can make a choice to speak a word of encouragement to other people. But not everybody is given uh, to be a prophet. 1 Corinthians uh, 14.31 and Ephesians 4.11. Um, so all may exercise a prophetic gifting, but that doesn't mean you, have, you're the, a, a, you walk in the role or the function or the ministry or the mantle, if you will, of a prophet. Exercising of spiritual gifts does not make us mature. The gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Let me just speak on that for just a minute here because there, even though we can use spiritual gifts in order to bless other people, and we should, it is ideal that all of those gifts of the Spirit be done so in love by the fruit of the Spirit. That's why 1 Corinthians 13 is sandwiched between 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. But let me give you an Old Testament example of that. Now, in Galatians 5.22 is one of the, it's the best gift or listings of the, the gifts of the Spirit. Let me just read it real quickly. It says, um, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God desires every one of us to begin to produce fruit in our life. You, you can't make fruit happen, but you can abide in the vine in Jesus so that He shows you things about your life and in the walking with Him day by day, moment by moment, that intimate relationship with Him is such that fruit begins to develop in your life. A, a, a way in which you demonstrate some of that is when you sin, when you blow it, you simply say so. You don't cover it up. You know, that was stupid. Why did I do that? Why did I say that? I don't know. Will you forgive me? See, that is how we begin to walk in the development of fruit. We, it's a tool uh, that we use. Um, so these nine gifts of the Spirit and these nine fruits of the Spirit ideally are balanced uh, with each other. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to Exodus. That's Genesis, Exodus, the second uh, book of the Bible. And let me show you something that I think is really keen. It's very cool. I've mentioned this somewhere along the line. But in verse 31 of Exodus chapter 28, um, it says this, and I'll read three verses, 31, 33, and 34. It says, uh, you shall make the robe of the ephod all of blue. Now, they're talking about the priestly garments here that the priest was to wear when he ministered uh, before the Lord. And then in verse 33, um, upon its hem, any, any seamstresses in here, some people sew, anybody sew? Raise your hands, girls. I know a couple of them do. That's about right. Six or seven have a number like this. It's kind of a, an art that's sort of passed away in a lot of ways. But, but what he's saying here is upon the hem of the garment of the robe, verse 33, uh, you shall make little pomegranates um, of blue and some of purple and some of red or scarlet. And around its hem, 
um, and bells of gold between them all. Verse 34 gives you how they're to assemble these uh, purple, uh, I think it was blue and red little pomegranates representing fruit. And it says, verse 34, a golden bell, sew a golden bell on the hem, and then a blue pomegranate, presumably, and then another golden bell, and then a purple pomegranate, and then another golden bell, and then a red pomegranate, and then you repeat that process until all around the hem of the bottom of the robe, the priest would have uh, dangling, presumably, from that hem little uh, pomegranates of different color and uh, interspersed uh, intermittently with little gold bells. That's pretty cool. You look a little funny wearing one of those around today in the Walmart, but, but you know... Uh, the, the, I think the point here is that this is an Old Testament illustration of New Testament ministry. Um, whereas you can minister uh, your pomegranates, you can, you can minister by the, I should say, your bells, your golden bells, you can minister the gifts of the Spirit without fruit, and you can have fruit in your life without ministry uh, you know uh, uh, the giftings happening through you but the very best picture is when you have all of the fruit of the spirit being manifested in your life as you are walking obediently to the greatest gift who is living in you and allowing him then to simply minister to the people around you as you have opportunity so you might uh, uh tinkle here a little bit it's not a good word you know you, you might you might okay you might allow a little bell to manifest itself in a word of wisdom to somebody you know the tinkling bell here i'm gonna tinkle right here but but you do it with with the pomegranates being evident of love and joy and peace and patience etc so that if you're going to Allow your gifts then to go forth. Be aware that the greatest impact that they have is when they're done in love and in patience. And in, in other words, character is an essential, but it's the ideal picture. And you see the picture in the Old Testament, and it's ultimately fulfilled in the New Testament. So we'll all become tinklers, I guess. Or fruit growers. That's what we, we should be. So... Uh, we see then that the gifts of the Spirit are actually the, the um, practical expressions and tools by which love expresses itself. Love being, the, if you will, the pomegranates, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, it's great to have the fruit of the Spirit, but if you never express that fruit, you know, the, fr- the, the gifts are simply the practical expression of that fruit. See, that's what God wants for your life and for mine. That's what He wants from us, and that's why He gave Jesus, and His Spirit now lives within us so that when He is in residence in our heart, all of the gifts that He brings of the Spirit and all of the fruit which He manifests in your life can begin to be seen by the people around you as you speak words and encouragement, as you give revelations to them, as you pray for them and gifts of power go through you, and as you give vocal edification, whatever it might be, tongue interpretation or prophecy, 
God wants us to be able to give to the people around us. Gifts are the tools of expressing God's love to other people. That's why they're important. That's why fruit's important. That's why gifts are important. Well, and it's why then in 1 Corinthians 13, um, Paul says, though I speak with the tongues of men, the, the tinkling bell, see that's a gift, uh, it, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, pomegranate, um, I've become a, just a, a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Well, a clanging cymbal. Uh, a ten, you know, it's just, it's just a tinkling cymbal. It's hollow. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, even though I have faith that can uh, remove mountains, but if I have not love, I am nothing. So, see, here's, here's what I think God wants us to recognize is that God is not finished with gifts. How do I know that? He's given us the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, His gifts are manifest in us and through us if we'll just let them come through us. And His fruit will be developed in our lives as we allow that fruit to be developed uh, in our lives. All believers have spiritual gifts. New believers and older saints alike. Some believers are gifts to the body of Christ, not just having a gift, but God has given some to be prophets and pastors and teachers and apostles, etc. Uh, but um, gifts do not require fruit to be ministered, uh, though the fruit of the Spirit is the ideal way in which they can be ministered. And it's the best way for people to see, hey, this person's different. Gifts, when demonstrated, then with the fruit of the Spirit are most attractive to other people. Gifts of the Spirit will only cease when Jesus, himself when Jesus Himself returns for His bride. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, when the perfect has come, then these gifts will cease. And some people have thought that that it must be referring to the Word of God. And when the Word of God, the canon, was written, then the gifts cease. No, I don't think that's the case. As, 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 as perfect as this Word of God is to us, this is when the perfect one, if you will, comes. Then we'll have no need for gifts when Jesus returns for His bride. So as we conclude then, let us identify what our gifts are. Look at the list of nine in 1 Corinthians 12 let us make a choice to begin to release those gifts, and that requires some risk. Uh, and then let us uh, activate those gifts in our life. How do we activate gifts? I really think it comes down to a choice. I remember I was at a conference a couple of years ago, and they were ministering in the prophetic word. And I said, you know, and they said, if any of you want to minister through the prophetic sort of utterance, if God's put that on your heart, guess who put that on your heart? He who's living in your heart. And, and yet you don't feel activated or you feel stupid or foolish. Or, you know, then I want you to stand to your feet, they said. And I was, so what did I just do? I, I did something out of the ordinary I went beyond my comfort zone. My comfort zone is to sit back and watch. 
And I said, I'm, not, I'm tired of sitting back and, back and watching. I'm ready to begin to walk in a new arena. And I believe some of you might be being asked that same question today. Uh, are you ready to begin to walk in a new arena? The times that we're living in require Jesus. Guess what? We got him. And it requires Jesus coming through us. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophetic word, encouraging. 1 Corinthians 14, 3, build people up. But at some point in time, we need to go, I'm ready to begin something fresh. God, would you activate this in my life? Now, here's the last scripture, and I'm going to end with this. If you look at Colossians chapter 2, I think it is verse 6, it says this. Just as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him. Now, what's that mean? Well, first of all, how did you receive Jesus? You did it by faith. The faith that God gave to you by which you were enabled to grasp the grace of God, the revelation of God in earnest. God, I want Jesus in my life. If you're here have never done that, that'd be the place to start for you. Jesus, I want you in my life. And I'm reaching out with the faith that you've given to me to grasp hold of your grace. And in reality, his grace is latching hold of you. And you're simply inviting him into a new realm in your life. If you've never done that, that's where you need to start. But if you're here today and one of these gifts of the Spirit God has sort of nudged you and said, yeah, you know what? You might want to pay attention to this one. And I want to pray to, to activate that in your life today. Now, here's the way we're going to do this as we end. Dean, why don't you come up if you would. And I just want to pray for a minute because you've heard, you've heard about the gifts of the Spirit forever and you have ministered out of those gifts of the Spirit and may not have even known about it. There are other gifts, by the way. There's mercy and there's, you know, all of those other gifts, counsel, etc. But if you're here today and you go, you know, I'm ready to take another level of risk in my life. I'm bored with my Christian life. There's a reason for that. Um, and I'm ready to take another step for some of you, it occurs to me that it might be to take another step just to our membership. Go, you know what, I'm ready to be part of the family. That's a good thing to do. Maybe you've never really confidently given your life to Jesus. That's another step that you need to do. But maybe you're here today and have said, you know what, God, I'm ready to let your spirit begin to work in me and then through me as it brings your self-pleasure. So I'm simply going to end and I'm going to pray a prayer. And if that's who you are, I want you simply to open the door of your heart. You don't need to stand. You don't need to raise your hand. You don't need to do anything other than, God, here am I. Activate this gift in my life. Or the gifts that you choose to activate within me. Father, right now, as people are opening their hearts, but I know there are many people who have 
had some confusion and this was only general to be sure generalized teaching from your word but Holy Spirit you have been speaking to many and Lord even now as they're saying to you in their heart of heart God I'm opening the door for you to activate more in my life release those gifts of the Spirit in me that serve your purposes God, mature me in the fruit of the Spirit. I see areas of my life where I, I need to be matured. And God, continue to do that. Lord, let there be something fresh move upon this congregation. Let's stand. We'll be dismissed. Father, right now you see the hearts that have said yes to you. I'm going to ask some of our ministry team if you would come and just be aware and be available up here for special prayer if you'd like special prayer. But God, as hearts have been opened today, and God, I pray that you would begin to activate all that you desire for us from your people. Lord, I bless them today in the name of Jesus. And God, as we have received Jesus Christ as Lord, Lord, we choose to begin to walk in the fullness of his presence. So, God, activate them and release them, God, to walk in the fullness of that. Lord, use us in whatever ways you choose to use us because we declare that you are the Lord and we are not. So, God, let your blessings be seen. Let your encouragement rest upon us. Let the gifts begin to flow. Let the fruit begin to grow in our life, God. And, God, thank you that you're reviving and releasing a people unto yourself all over this city. God, we pray for Ignite as it begins to happen in our city. Lord, show us if we're to be a part of it individually. If we're to show up and simply make ourselves available to serve, to love, to give. God, we thank you for all who are called by your name. We bless them today in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. And everybody said together, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. If you'd like special prayer, if you've given your life to Jesus for the very first time, I want to ask you to come and pray for somebody before you leave. Pray with somebody. If you've opened your life to be activated, I want to encourage you to come and, and share that with someone. Have a wonderful day today in Jesus.